No, happy birthday, Lynn. Well, thank you, Carl. <laughs> the, uh... Lynn's birthday is on the 23rd, Festivus, which this year is the sixth night of Hanukkah or fifth? It started Monday. Okay, so your birthday's Friday, so it will be the fifth night of Hanukkah. Well, I've just spent uh, a time in the uh, grocery store panic, weather panic aisle. The Schnooks Not panic aisle is open, so people fun. can make French toast. Oh, I know. Fun, fun, fun. No, seriously, it's just insane. We'll talk to our guest, Chris Clark, from Cinema St. Louis, about their new acquisition of the High Point Theater. Then around minute 33, Babylon. Around minute 46, the Whitney Houston story, I Want to Dance with Somebody. Around minute 55, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. And then around one hour, we'll have the St. Louis Film Critics Awards for Best Films of the Year. So are we ready for the for the uh, onslaught? Snowmageddon? Yes. Are, are we ready? Yeah. Chris is ready. Yeah. Well, so how much snow did Dave Murray say we're supposed to get? Oh, he it, it's fine. He said it's gone down now, so it's only four inches now. Oh, I thought it was one to three. Yeah, that's that's well, an upgrade. No, I no, I I he had said on Wednesday that it was today's Wednesday. He had said on Tuesday that it was going to be up to five. So he's brought it down. Oh, well, it's going to be snow and yeah. and really cold. So it's going to be icy because there's going to be that that crucial St. Louis important layer of water that's going to freeze solid. It's going to snow on top. And that's fun for everybody. Oh, yes. That world. that wintry oh, mix. Yes. Well, hello, Chris Clark. I'm Hi. glad you're in festive mood here. I am because there's always Chris in Christmas. Christmas. That's Smart right. of you. True. I mean, Have you been another, using that your entire word. life? Yeah, you know, most of my adult life. I mean, there's another word in there too, and I get that. Oh, you can't say that. Well, yes, I can. I'm alphabetically first. <laughs> so yes, there. you can. We can share. Oh. Sharing is caring. So, what is your uh, what is your very favorite Christmas movie? I was talking about that with my mother this morning because I have a 25 year old Christmas tradition. Well, not quite 25, mid, low 20s. I watch The Long Kiss Goodnight Christmas Eve while I wrap Christmas presents because that is the best Christmas. Because is it, is that Shane Black? Yes, it is Shane Black. That's why, because every single Shane Black movie is a Christmas movie. Yep. Shane he Black, loves... Rennie Harlan, his then wife, Mensa, genius, uh, uh, What's her name? Gina uh, Davis. Gina, Gina Davis. Davis and Samuel L. Jackson. It's fantastic. I love it. One of my friends, that's her favorite, and she can't find it anywhere. So perhaps you know where you can oh see it. Gosh. I don't know why Look, she doesn't. It's, 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 a, it's an app that we that is a PSA that we do every single time that we say, where should it? It's called Just Watch. It's a website. It's an app. Just watch. You can put it on your phone. You can it use your computer. On, it might be on HBO Max. Long kiss. Good night. This is an amazing, amazing app slash website that tells you. Currently, you can watch it now on Showtime and Fubo. So it's streaming on Showtime and Fubo. I will tell her that. 
She said she couldn't find it anywhere. And I've told her repeatedly about Just Watch. So also but, you, you can rent it on Amazon, Apple TV Plus, YouTube, all for less than $4. So Just Watch, everyone. I some told best, somebody that yesterday. Some of the best one-liners in any movie ever. Long Kiss Goodnight. I watch, um, of course, Christmas Story is always on at my parents' house. And I like It Happened on Fifth Avenue, which is was a long-forgotten movie. It's only It only shows on, like, TCM, and you have to search it out. And, but on Thanksgiving night, my wife forces, I mean, makes us, I mean, uh, we all sit around and watch. It's family. Yes, we all watch Miracle on 34th Street, but the original not the colorized remake. Well, of have course. Seen, have any, either of you seen A Christmas Story story? Yes. What'd you think? Palatable. It was fun to see the gang back together again. They, you know, it well, was... Well, it's the third sequel. There's A Christmas Story 2, and I then there's, there's a Summer stu- Story. And there's there's one or two more tucked in there that are related, that were made, that were, you know, were tagged to the original story. So, that, yeah, there's might be four or five. Total. But the, but luckily, a Christmas story story ignores all of the other ones. Yes, yes. Thankfully, it does. Put sets it back to square. Uh, it was a little odd uh, seeing Julie Haggerty uh, as the mom, but she stepped up. It was fun enough, um, and I liked all the nods to the back, and they having all the boys back. That was fun. Yeah, I yeah. Think. You know, it was it didn't stick every landing, but you know. It was it was fun. You know what? If TBS and TNT alternated them, it would it would be nice. They won't do that, but it would be it'd be yeah. a change of pace. And just this, the what a great story, the little choo choo that could because it really didn't do that well when it came out. And it TCM did it. They or TN was it TCM or TN, TNT? TNT and TBS. TBS. That's right. They started that and it, it, you know, it, it, it made it an icon. I actually did. I was one of the few thousand that actually saw it in the theater. I so did it, I? I so did I? The, the Didn't Kenrick. it just come out in the summer? No, it was, it was a Christmas movie. Um, I saw it at Kenrick. Oh, wow. I saw it at the Highland Theater named Lori. And speaking of old fashioned movie houses, Chris Clark is here from Cinema St. Louis today, and we must, hello, we must congratulate you on the big news. The Cinema St. Louis has purchased the high point. Yes, and we have been talking about this with Diana since January, so we've kept our lips mostly closed in the last couple of months, especially, it's really kind of ramped up in uh, as we're doing this and that behind the scenes, getting ready. And what we did in a very, very short period of time should have taken like 18 months to do you know, due diligence and all the stuff that we actually did and accomplished. And here we are. Uh, the final thing was last week, the 15th. Uh, well, we don't I take just, the announcement. Yes, we don't take possession like... yet uh, until the middle of January. We have, you know, little, you know, permits and a few things to do and final signings and stuff above my pay grade but are you keeping the liquor license that's all people want to know uh that's a little further down the line people the biggest question of all do not change the popcorn or butter is the biggest comment of all the popcorn's good popcorn yeah. is really good yeah. there 
Um, we're keeping the liquor license. We don't know that we will keep liquor per se in the back lot, um, but beer and wine, yes, absolutely. But the movie theaters, both of them, are going to continue to operate. It's not just going to be open for special events, correct? It's going to be it, a working movie theater, 365. Incorrect. Um, okay. We are not going to be a first-run place, and we may eventually get to the spot where both things are in operation seven days a week, but we're nowhere near that uh, at the start, uh, for sure. So we'll do festivals, of course. It'll be our home base for, for all of our annual events. Uh, uh, we'll do classics. Uh, we'll do American Indies. We'll do restorations. We'll do, you know, kind of whatever we want with some first run stuff in it, but not, we're not going to get like Avatar. We're not going to get, you know, multiplex level stuff. We'll get specialty, uh, uh, you know, indie distributor and, and, you know, boutique kind of stuff. Um, this means more to me than most people are listening, but I'm expecting a call from the head of acquisitions from Coed Media later today. And I think I'm about to get an early Christmas present and I can't talk about it yet, but. Well, that's yeah. exciting. Oh yeah. That's so, exciting. Um, and, and it was so gratifying the other day when I sent out a series of letters to distributors that I work with and sales agents and stuff too that say hey we just did this within half an hour bing 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 my inbox are filling up with offers hey what are you going to play what are you going to do we'd love to work with you I can't wait so it's going to be a mixture hybrid we're not sure what's going to fit where we'll do rentals um i am i'm an ordained internet minister we can do weddings ah um uh, we're, we're thinking about doing some oscar type something a watch party uh you know, Super Bowl, somebody asked about renting for a Super Bowl. We already actually a couple rentals potentially in the pipeline. So, yeah, we're not going to be like a regular multiplex and run like they were and not first run mainstream stuff. Uh, maybe sometimes, but not all the time. So that, well, could, that long answer was gave you everything you needed. So it's still it's still going to be open every day. It's just not going to have a current film there every day. Uh. Initially, no, it will not be open every day. Okay, that that's what people keep asking me. They're like, yeah, it will so... not be open every day initially because we have to figure out what we're going to do. We have to wait till we get permits and stuff before we can start booking stuff, and then get staff and, and you know figure out where all the buttons are. It'll be a period of time. We're we'll, we'll, we're aiming towards that. It won't be right away, but we're going to do mostly weekends. Uh, we're working. Uh, past couple of years, we worked with AARP in Missouri with a Black History Month series called Soul Cinema. Uh, and we're going to be showing some of those films there. Uh, maybe brings back some things that were popular at Sliff. You know, so we can, you know, we have lots of canvas and lots of screen to fill. And these things won't be like weak runs. So that's why it's going to be a little harder to get up and running. We don't, we're not going to have, hey, we're going to have this and it's here for two weeks. So then people just know what's there. We want to have opportunity to, if we have like four different things in a certain week, we want to have opportunity to, promote in advance a little bit before we get going and find all the buttons and, you know, switches and, and light bulbs and, and everything we need. It won't take too long. So people shan't worry. Could the high point be the new home of events like the room with Tommy Wiseau and Rocky horror picture show? By cracky. Sure. <laughs> uh, I'm less enthused about 
the room, but I understand that you make money when you show it. Yes. Rocky Horror for sure, knowing that, you know, there's best to clean up. But, you know, we we own a theater now. We have to open ourselves up to things different than the festival experience. Um, but you're going to have a home now for the festivals and all yes, you do, yes, all your programming, yes. which will so, be very nice, home-based. You know, we have talked about this off and on for a long time. And a former board member, Sharon Tucci, you know, talked to us a couple of years ago and said, hey, you really got to make a press for that one of these days. This was long before the Tivoli and everything you know, became no more. Um, so, you know, it's always a pipe dream to have one of those places as our own. And we thought we were going to be working more with that place on Belmar. And, you know, that sad story. But uh, in January of this year, and it seems like so far away, um, I went to talk to Diana. We hadn't been at the high point for a couple of years for festival stuff. Um, you know, they're a single-ish screen, and it was hard for them to give up that amount of time, an odd amount of time at a prime season, like 11 days right before, you know, the big Oscar things boom. And if you lose your place in line, well, you might not get anything big for the holidays. So she was always nervous and kept it in that COVID you know, kept everybody together. So I went there in January just to meet and you know talk to her again and say, hey, you know, we'd like to come back sometime knowing that the Tivoli was more iffy. And <clears throat> We talked. She said, yeah, I think we'd be more interested. We'd always love working with you. We've just been nervous. You know, we'll figure it out. You know, maybe we just do a week and, you know, talk about stuff. Put them on my coat. And with no forethought, no no scripting, no nothing, I'm like, hey, if you ever decide to sell the theater, let us know. Okay. See you later. What I didn't know, how could I have, except I must be psychic, um, <clears throat> her and her dad had just talked about it the day before that, you know what, maybe it's time, you know, they're George and George are getting older and, you know, the kids are, you know, the oldest Grayson boys and is 30 years old now. So, you know, they're ready to not work every night. Um, you know, Diana grew up, you know, selling tickets and now she yep. runs the place her and her brother Ernie run it. So they had decided it was time. And she's like, how did you know? She talked to her dad later. How did he know? How did he know? I didn't. It was just a pot shot. And then many serendipity over 10, 11 months later, we own the joint. So it's daunting, 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 and super exciting <laughs> to have this. But you, you took the, you took the leap. We did. We did. Uh, and, and your offices will be there. Yes. Which well, will be not in time, in time. Uh, you know, we don't know. We still have a, you know, we've still have an office in a lease uh, down in Grand Center. We weren't, you know, we didn't know this... until recently, you know, there was, we went back and forth for a long time. You know, was it really, really, really going to happen? It really has. So uh, in time, in time. Another question I'm getting is what does this mean for the adjacent restaurants, which now has more than one location? The High Point Drive-In? Yeah. Um. I guess I'll be eating more burgers. <laughs> well, they're not they're I think they you guys just share the name. It's not like they own any of it. It's just the name is very convenient for where that restaurant is located, correct? Well, that used to be where uh used to be in Noggles. It was Noggles, well, yeah. yes. Well, yeah, so yeah. you know, but it was called it was called the High Point neighborhood and down yes. the road where I work St. Louis Community yes. College. The Highlands, it was very important part of St. Louis history. 
Yeah, so it's, you know, it's not a, a, a copyrighted name and it's not specific to the theater. It's actually sort of a moniker for the neighborhood of sorts. So it wasn't really, you know, but clearly the theater had a first, you know, for 100 yeah. years, 100 years in February. Uh, so Ooh. there's that, uh, <clears throat> you know, but it, it all just kind of lends itself to the, the middle. And then Gerard Kraft has like a commissary in that building in the middle between where the Pilates studio used to be. So, yep. Oh, so it's exciting. And all of our guests stay at the Cheshire. Uh, I live in Maplewood. It's close to my house. Uh, I'm uh, it is uh, less than it was. It's 20 minutes from me. And uh, Carl, too. Carl, yeah, you're not far. Well, okay, I went so to I went to the old CBC, so I that's where I picked up the bus every day, right by Miss Holly's. The well, McCausland Delore bus, which I don't think exists anymore. Uh, one thing that I uh, we met with Diana yesterday, just talk about a few things. Taking the over time, I've seen almost every square inch of the place, but there's a few corners that I hadn't. Um, but one thing I'd asked her for is, uh, could you give me a list? of things that were two things like your biggest successes over 45 years and anything that was just really a favorite um, so i got a list of 10 apparently george has a much longer list in his brain and i can't wait to sit down and talk to him about 45 years of running that place but what were the things that went on forever and uh i think that they are the winner not of christmas but of the longest it, it could it's it's close to a tie um the longest contiguous running film in st louis history there's two candidates one is the gods must be crazy mm -hmm. played for six months at the high point wow. but i believe it was matched by something at plaza frontenac do either of you know what it was no no david mamet the spanish prisoner oh wow which like, I saw at Plaza Frontenac. I believe for six months. So, but I could see where something like that could be tucked into one of their six screens and sit there and do well. Then they, you know, maybe share it with other films, like things kind of hang on for a while like that. But to have something like Gods in the big screen like yep. that, that's really, so they win. So I, I remember seeing that. I'm like, wow, that movie is still there, even after you've already seen it. Yeah. So <clears throat> it's, I've already started the process of finding the rights holder and it's going to be a little harder than I think, but <clears throat> this is my job now. Um, and it's tenacious. So um, th things like that, I'll try and find. Well, uh, well Chris, I, I have, I have one suggestion and everyone has, more I, than I, one. I, you only have one. I'm grateful. No, I'm this grateful. is just the one suggestion uh, in the bathrooms, put the audio of the movie because the, that is one thing that is unique about the, High point. You have to leave the theater, yes. go up the stairs, and then go. So it's not just you're leaving the theater. It, it's it's a little farther than normal. And if you had the audio in the bathrooms, you don't feel you're missing as much. I don't even know if that's legal, but that would be a suggestion I have. I don't know why it would be illegal per se. It's in the same building. I like where you're going with that, sir. Oh, I saw the ladies' restroom. For the, <laughs> for the first time. time and you know what we're once again poor men screwed cheated 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 it is so nice in there and, and the men's room is a little bit better than it used to be but not much it's kind of the same it's two urinals and one stall 
Well, it's a, it's a back to the old school. The women's uh, restroom is very old school. It's back it's, to it's the really time. The, the, well, the, during, you know, quarantine, they, um, and they remodeled the downstairs one too, which is it's my, kind of a more of a closet. Anyway, I didn't uh, I didn't even know there was a downstairs bathroom. Oh, yes, there is. Let me tell you, us old women, we like yeah. it. It's nice. <laughs> it's nice. Next to the little mark, the little po bo uh, poster cases. OK, yeah. yes. Well, right um, that um, I have uh, three high point anecdotes that I think you will enjoy. Uh, but before that, we did see. The day we got to interview, I'm name dropping here, Tippy Hedren. They the TMC did their festival and they showed the birds at the high point. And that was really cool with you know Ben Mankowitz. Yeah. Yeah, things team. like that too. That's another thing that I don't have a direct contact there at the moment, but you know, how hard can it be to Oh yeah, it was don't packed. They, don't they know was... who I am? Um, yeah. but I you know, I want to reach out and if they do things like that in the future, um, you know, traveling shows, that's another example, things like that. Um, but we have, you know, endless possibilities of what we can I, do. I think I can help you later after we're finished today. Because yeah. I have a contact at TCM. You know who used to run TCM? Tom Brown, who used to be on Channel 30 here. But he doesn't run, he doesn't run it anymore, yes. but he did run it for a long time. Oh, the, the connections to St. Louis in movie world, I am increasingly shocked the last couple of years. My three stories are very different and odd, but they're good ones. Uh, okay, so in 2007, I thought the marquee said, no country for old men. And uh, Tim was home, Charlie was home, uh, big Cohen brothers fans. So let's go to the high point and see no country for old men. So it was raining cats and dogs. We had, we had dinner first. It was raining cats and dogs. We get there. I go up to the box office. Cause there's only one movie at the time, 2007. Yeah. They didn't and, have the back lot yet. And I get five tickets and we go in and all of a sudden the film starts and it's like, uh, George Clooney, what is this? Is this a preview? Was and it Michael Clayton? Yes. We all looked at each other. I had purchased tickets for Michael Clayton because I hadn't seen the marquee <laughs> change to Michael Clayton. And I just assumed it was no country for old men. So we're sitting there and Clooney is very serious, as you know. And so all of a sudden, Tim sits next to me and he goes, I don't think this is no country for old men. What's yes. going on? And we burst out laughing at a highly inappropriate moment. And we all were looking at each other like, but then it turned out to be a really good movie. It's the Gilroy brothers. Yeah. So it was. It was quite good, but it was funny because it was not what we expected the night before Thanksgiving. And uh, it's just one of those weird things that you think of at, when you have family anecdotes. 
And then the second one was another name drop. Uh, when I got to do a Q&A with Timothy Chalamet in front of the beautiful boy screening, uh, it was when he and Nick's chef went to certain theaters in the country to promote uh you know the the whole the whole the chef family what they went through and how uh the opioid crisis and other things were becoming a big deal and it was this was right before he was hitting big because it was after uh you know the call me by yeah yeah call me by your name yeah and it was hostiles and lady bird so we were in the back lot. He's getting his makeup on and everything. And uh, anyway, we were walking out uh, to through the alleyway. And I turned and said, is anything is anything you don't uh, is there anything you do not want? Ask, is there anything that, you know, don't. And he goes, just stick just stick to this movie. Well, the girls had the girls. Because there were screaming. So anyway, it was a very nice Q&A, very thoughtful questions. I was very happy with the way it ran. I was nervous as I'll get out, trying to be, you know, not nervous. And uh, right afterwards, we whisk him off into the alley and girls stampeded. And he was mobbed by all these girls, including Jim Tudor's daughters. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like insanity. And that was right before, you know, it was just like right before. But the Plan B people were there. And I told Chris Clark this, the Plan B people, uh, which is Brad Pitt's company, they didn't know Brad Pitt was from Missouri. Hmm. And when I told them that, they were like, really? Oh. And they, they love the theater. Springfield they go, is... <sighs> Yeah, I know. Kind, okay. kind of, kind of Missouri. Yeah, it's that's it's not it's not like you're claiming him from St. Louis. No, but it's the other well, side of the that. state, the farthest I, away you can be from St. Louis. Brad Pitt yeah. and I are, are fraternity brothers. Oh, we, we weren't there at the same time, but he was briefly a Sigma guy, as was I. Oh well, well, woo-hoo. and then <laughs> um, and and then um, so anyway, the Plan B people were like this is a really cool th- theater and they were just going on and on and on about it. So Hollywood, if they get a taste of it, they will like it, Chris. Yeah, no, it's a great corner and location and spot. And yeah. And then I think some of the young production people just thought Brad Pitt was this old guy, <laughs> which cracks me up. But anyway, and then the third and most important thing was I helped see Carl, middleman's life oh uh, i had my tia there <laughs> yes we were we were seeing uh rush that jodish uh joseph gordon levitt movie there about him as a bike messenger yeah and, and i Carl. had my t and i had my tia there i had blocked yeah. that out about i don't i don't equate that as a high point memory i just Think of it as a memory. I I lost my phone there that day because from it's I started having it as I was walking from my car to the entrance of the theater. So 
Well, yeah. you weren't you were in front of me in line for the the free poker, and so the <laughs> and Guy uh, Phillips was there, and Guy Phillips said he saw you drop your keys, and he wondered if something was you know something's not yes, right. Something was very wrong. And then uh, you started talking gibberish, gibberish and to to Tom O'Keefe, and I was just like and I was just like oh my god and. Don Dixon said, does anybody have an aspirin? And I fished out my Excedrin and they gave it to you with water and then you were normal. Yeah, I I slumped over into the arms of Martha Baker and Diane Carson. And they're like, I think he's having a stroke. Yeah, well, it was very scary. And I was like, does anybody know his wife's phone? And I even called Max, you know, like Max was like, cricket, because like, why would you do? And I said, why are you, Max is I like, why are know. you calling me? No one had my wife's phone number. And then like every even even my cousin, Pete Raniscalco, did not have my wife's phone number. Well, I know because we were all like frantic. And then the then the EMTs came and got you. And, and, but you, and I, I, I was fine. Yes. I, I, as my wife says so differently, but I think after I had the aspirin, I was fine. Well, Which after, is a public service announcement. According to Lauren tradition, I think that Carl, you are now obligated to be Lynn's slave until <laughs> such time that you save her life. Then, then things are evened out. So when did you know that? Did you know that, that clause? Yeah, I, to be at your beck and call. I'm a, I'm like in your Chewbacca. In I'm your, I'm your Chewbacca. I have a life debt. So I don't know where he was when you fell down, but you know, dude, you better <laughs> step up. Oh, I was at uh, Avatar. I was I was not seeing Avatar at the time because it didn't play because they sent a 2K instead of a 4K uh. reel. Was that when I was in the ER a couple yes. weeks ago for, for it, it 28 was. hours? Well, now you know the what you're supposed to do. So you guys give people aspirin. Yeah, cautionary tale. Yes. So now so, I've but had two we're head very injuries excited. in the year. That's yes. my year. <laughs> so my worst, my worst high point story is not my own per se. Uh, I was in college i was going to webster and my parents said hey we're going to out to the show with one of our friends i went to see movies with um what should we see oh i just saw brazil at the high point <laughs> i loved it until he passed away that's how much they hated hated and completely my dad did not understand one bit of brazil they were in utter hell uh for that period of well people people either really love brazil or yeah. they hate it or they like it until they realize what happens in the last two minutes. Yeah. No, he will. It was never going to cross over any further bridge for him. So it's a family, family history. I think we've all had those gems where we recommend a film to somebody and they look at you and go like, I don't know about you because, <laughs> uh, well, I did not recommend the crying game to my mother. But my mother and her friends, because she uh, worked at Anheuser-Busch and her and the Golden Girls, they decided they were going to go to a movie after work and they went to Crying Game. She calls me up, Lynn, this movie's got all these nominations and everything. You know, basically like, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> one, of my, one, of my, one of my 
favorites though is before black swan which is sold out to the chair during a festival and people were kind of standing in the aisle in the corner and stuff there was you know at that point it was like 450 seats <clears throat> i also included illegally uh, the natalie portman rap from saturday night live oh yeah before the show and people like that set the tone and off we went to the races so that is cool max will be uh, cherish you forever for that memory <laughs> So, um, Chris, we saw a very polarizing film this week that opens on my birthday, and it's called Babylon. Are I you, saw it at the high point. <laughs> are, are you a fan of uh, Damien Chazelle? I am. He was our guest at the festival about 12 years ago with his first film, Madeline and Guy on a Park Bench. Uh, it was part of a American Film Institute Emerging Filmmakers Program, and they traveled filmmakers all over the world. He actually was in St. Louis at Slip with this tiny black and white, happy little film that sort of, if you watch it now or see any clips or anything from it, you'll you'll see the footprint uh, of you know the the work in progress of what became the you know kind of pattern of, of his filmmaking and editing and stuff too. So it was. I'm still trying to figure out his point to this film. It well, is in interweaving stories, but it I know it's about the decadence and debauchery of the early days of Hollywood. But it is a it, mess. It, it, it's three hours and eight minutes. And as I said about Avatar, half of it is a great movie and the other half is just padding. Babylon is not that. It's a half hour cold open about Brad Pitt's decadent party where Margot Robbie shows up and you have, you get introduced to most of the, not even all of the main cast. There are five stories going on and they could have gotten rid of two of them. And that would not make any difference in the film itself because it's bloated. And, and, and I understand that Hollywood in the twenties and thirties was bloated and then, that point is really well made, but it's just a lot. I I didn't care about the trumpet story, and I didn't care about the uh I I don't know if you can call Gene Smart's uh story even a full-fledged story because they have her in the five people that they're highlighting. It's really the B Brad Pitt story and the Margot Robbie story. And uh, 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 the the Jovan Diego Calva Diego and Calva. Diego Calva he's yep. he is a breakthrough here. However, um, it, it's about people selling their soul to for fame and fortune, which has been done before. None of these stories are are original by any means in terms no, and the, of the last half hour is just a mess oh my god they we spend all this time not caring about these people we're seeing on screen but their lives are unraveling it's downward spiral the toby mcguire sequence is so grotesque which yeah, I thought I, was like spoilery, but now he's in every single trailer and every television commercial. I don't know why 
that was actually something surprising to me. I thought they'd keep that a secret, but nope, they're exploiting it. Um, We're going for shock value here, and there are some disgusting scenes that nobody can unsee. And I had to turn my head at the one, uh, but the couple other ones I was just trying, and I did lower my eyes at the at the one where Margot Robbie just has a meltdown. Well, but, also, we have to give prop, props and accolades to the costume designers. Whoever had the job of doing the double-sided tape on every single one of Margot Robbie's outfits should be given a raise and allowed to do that for every single uh, movie that does double-sided tape because you you for sure think that she's going to have a wardrobe malfunction and she never does. Well, these people are so cavalier about other people's lives and Flea, Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers plays a, a heavy dude. Uh, he, you he's, know. he's a catalyst, disappears for a long time and then is a catalyst again and then you never see him again. So Maybe, I'd like to pose this provocative question. I, I haven't seen it and everything I've read matches exactly what you're saying. So arguably and agreeably, it is a mess. But is it a glorious mess? There are very pretty parts to the film and there the uh, costume designs are great. The set directions are great. Some of the cinematography is really, really well done showing the difference between black and white cinema, mm -hmm. silent films, yep. and then the talkies. There are some really good things to like about this film. It's just that the overall is I mean, if you're going to nitpick, it would be nitpicking good parts of the film. I, well, I'm the, a fan of the glorious mess oeuvre, and I'm going to cite two examples from the same director that I think I'm going to like this film as is just to watch something pretty and bizarre go by. I am a massive fan of the Cotton Club. Okay. And what ruined Zoetrope one from the heart that they are which i've never seen oh you should you should as a document they're wafer thin uh <laughs> stories uh, one from the heart you know more so than cotton club uh, which the director's cut is really much better and longer but it really kind of but but just the set design and the and the, the syncopation everything about it was just a glorious mess uh, one from the heart more so cotton club kind of um but just I like that sometimes that maybe it doesn't gel, but just watching all this, you know, why would they do that? But just to see, you know, I can separate the bits and pieces of the beauty of just putting it all together like a like it's a DW Griffith spectacle. You know, well, he, he's a, he's a fan doesn't have to work. Yeah, he's a fascinating filmmaker. I love Whiplash. That was my number two film that that year. Lynn loves First Man. And there's no. There's nothing about La La Land that is horrible. It, it, it is, well, there are, oh, that, I want to take that back. There are some horrible things about La La Land, but as a film, it really works. Not counting the so, last 15 this, minutes you know, where it gets weird. So maybe this will be self-correcting. You know, uh, Pitt and a lot of people thought this was a good idea. Um, they just got all their systems. They had the money and wherewithal and time to do it. And, you know, maybe they'll move on. I can't wait. For July, because I'm going to see Barbie right now. 
Um, <laughs> the trailer dropped. It looks very inspiring. And I actually, my first grade birthday, my mother gave me that Barbie doll with yep. the white and black striped. Uh, she is. That was my first. Is, I, I, I really enjoy watching her on screen and as Harley. As anything she does, she just puts this bizarre energy. I mean, she's not Kate Blanchett. She's not that level of greatness. But she tears up and steals outright everything that she's in. Uh, but uh, you right. don't like you don't like this character. No, she's well, loud you, you, and bold. But that's what she's great at. She was Tanya friggin' Harding. You know, you she, she oh yeah, really yeah, but you cared you cared about her in that movie. She made yeah, you true, care but, about her. True, 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 true. But she's good at playing, you know, she's so beautiful, but she's good at playing the character, you know, Harley Quinn. You're not yeah. supposed to like this psychopathic character, but she makes it somewhere you know palatable. Palatable. Uh, she, do, she does. Crazy. Um, uh, but but this one, you just she's a gold digger, and then she becomes just. There's nothing redeemable about this character, and then you find out. Well, that's what happened to her. Well, the thing is, though, is a cheat. He cheats us out oh. of. Uh, all of a sudden, he leads us up to all these storylines, and then he totally drops the ball, and then it, abandons them. Still yes. glorious messes. You know, it could be a fun ride. Right. Well, the technical uh, things, like Carl said, are worthy. Linus Sandgren, who did the all his cinematography, and Justin Hurwitz's score. Yes. Uh, that's a big plus, because I love <laughs> his music compositions. And so there are good things. It's just that it's a colossal waste of some very Talent. fine people. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's over. Um, a lot of people got paid. Yes, so, right. A lot of people. Well, if you've read the books of Kenneth Anger's books, uh, Hollywood Babylon and the follow up, you know, all that stories, you know, it's 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 trying to make a point. Hollywood, the dream factory versus lo ruined lives. Well, and also some, they're also trying to straddle that line. That's Fatty Arbuckle, but it's not really Fatty. It's Fatty Ar Arbuckle's story, but not Fatty Arbuckle. And yes, there is a dead ingenue that just peed on him. And it, but then they have like the real you ruined the movie. You ruined the movie. <laughs> oh, that's in the first five minutes. <laughs> uh, that then there you have a real Irving Thalberg there, and you have it, it, it's it's a blurred line between what's real and what is uh, fiction. And so it's you don't know what to believe and you should not be using this as, oh, this is what happened in early Hollywood. It's more of a sense of what happened in early Hollywood. Right. And it uses singing in the rain. But yeah, nah. De decades before it was a thing. Yeah. And so I did like the transition from silent to sound. Which has been done, but it's been done before, like nothing in this movie except the shocking bizarre twists and grotesqueness and that one oh that one scene is just so oh god gene um, smart is barely in this movie yet she is oh this is part of this is her story she has one great scene that if she gets nominated for best supporting actress that is it that is that scene i lynn is saying that's not going to happen but it is a very showy capital A award scene. And you'll, Chris, when you watch it, you'll go, well, that's the scene Carl was talking about because it's very, 
award show scene that that's the scene that everyone will be talking about. But actually, I don't think anyone will be talking about this movie in March. Well, you know what? We know what I'm getting out of this conversation is you guys are passionately talking about it. Yeah, so you're passionately discussing a piece of you don't like it. You're on that end of the scale. But you are really in there. Is, if it was a movie that's mediocre, you'd be like, ah, you know, it's all right. And then we'd forget about it and be on to something else. You've been fired up about it. That's well, cinema. Yeah. And even if it's yeah. aggravating and spits in your face. No, um, because here's here's why. Because I, I really hope we're not talking about it in March. But as ah, we know, yeah. Hollywood loves movies about Hollywood. They do. Oh, I know. To a detriment. Yep. Yes, it's self-referential. It's and it's not. There are better films of this oeuvre. Well, sp- speaking of movies that, that <laughs> well, there are, but you know, just just a just a, a a thing about you know they were making it up as they go along. They're shooting in the desert. Those scenes are really good about getting the light and all these people. Just trying to figure out what the hell's going on, you know. So but anyway, Lynn, yes. Let's 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 move on to something. Also, um, would you like to do the kids movie or the biopic? Um, I did not see the Whitney movie. I night. know. I sat next to Jim Bats, and he's like, "Lynn had too much stuff to do," but I did. I saw. I left my company's Christmas party to go to the Galleria where the escalators were not working. So I I had the choice of waiting for the very slow elevator or taking the stairs. And I took the stairs and got in time perfectly to see Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance with Somebody. Directed by K- K- Casey Lemons, Cassie yep. Lemons yep. from yes. St. Louis. Yep. Um, and it was a packed theater. I want to say, let's start with the um, positives. I cried twice during this movie. But it, the songs were doing the heavy lifting because you have so you, as Whitney says, you get so emotional with remembering everything about the songs and everything. And I love so emotional. I think that's one of my favorites. But the songs do the heavy lifting. And the thing is that uh, Naomi Aki is a fantastic lip singer. She because they use all of the original Whitney recordings. She is a fantastic lip singer. It looks 100% like she is singing those songs. I, I, cause like you're, if you know that going in, you're looking for, well, she's screwed up there. She's 99.9% perfect of lip syncing Whitney Houston. I have friends that said, I don't want to see that because Naomi's not as beautiful as Whitney. They're both beautiful they're showing Whitney's downfall in this. And they the way that they structure the songs is that you take that emotional journey with her. And I want to say this for those who are not prepared. They have leaned into the fact that Whitney Houston was bisexual because you heard that for decades that Whitney Houston was a lesbian or that she was bisexual. But this movie says... that that was true. You meet her girlfriend slash best friend, personal confidant, and they make it seem that uh, every man she was with, be it Bobby Brown, Jermaine Jackson, anyone was a business decision because they had everything, uh, her career 
mapped out from A to Z. I don't know if that's true. And I was talking to someone last night. James said he wanted more Whitney rather than there. I downloaded the soundtrack. There are 35 songs on it and they, they play a bit of every single one. And even if it's like so emotional, they show 30 seconds of it, but it's 30 seconds of her screwing it up on a world tour. Just so you know, because you know that song and you love that song and her not doing it well. And the bass player just given a, given her the side eye, you know that she's on cocaine again. Crack is whack. But that scene's not in it. They talk about Oprah. They, they do some really good camera tricks when she's on Merv Griffin for the first time. They only show the Merv Griffin scene through the camera lens. So you, you don't have to hire somebody to be look like a Merv Griffin. And they have reaction shots of Oprah from Oprah. And they have Kevin Costner just sitting in scenes from bodyguard. So you don't, the famous people, they don't have recreations of, they use the actual famous people in shots. So they don't have the crack is whack scene, which I was waiting for. Well, but yeah, that's a big deal. It was a big deal. So you have Stanley Tucci as Clive Davis, who is also a producer on this film. So you, you're he, only going to get a good, uh, yeah. Well, but he, you do have him saying at the beginning of the film, I'm not a babysitter. I don't get involved in my clients' lives. And then, of course, halfway through, uh, let's say two-thirds of the way through, he has an intervention, says, Whitney, you need to go to rehab. So if that happened, that's Clive Davis trying to make himself look good because everyone knew that she had a problem. You... Uh, it's just sad. It's sad. It's, it's a sad, thing. horrible story. And, and the her fact daughter. that her, well, you see, you do see Bobby Christina as a child, but her father was the one that screwed up everything. Whitney's father, yeah. Clark Peters plays John Houston and Clark Peters is great as her dad, because he's ruining her life and the Houston family at the same time. And it's just, it's awful. He's your villain if you have a villain. Even though you think uh, Bobby Brown's the villain, her dad is the one that drove her to do all this stuff. Who well, plays Bobby want... Brown? No, uh, Ashton Sanders, he he was in Moonlight. He was the teenager in Moonlight. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, Chris. now I want to see, see Babylon, and I do not want to see this movie. So good job there. <laughs> well, I it, it's uh Tamara Tooney plays Sissy Houston and Nefessa Williams plays um Robin, except they call her Rob because she is Whitney's friend, assistant, and former girlfriend. Well, I, I remember watching Being Bobby Brown on Bravo for uh maybe one or two episodes. And that is when I made the declaration. I think this is like 2004, 2005. I said, I am no longer watching any reality TV show <laughs> that shows these train wrecks of lives when I need to be living my own life and not watching somebody else's tawdry, um, terrible life. And that's when I, I have never seen a housewife Sorry, Andy Cohen. I have never, I bought your ice cream. 
<laughs> I've never I did seen too. I bought some this week. Yeah, yeah, because it's peppermint andy. It's perfect for Christmas. And yes. it helps doorways. Right. Which one of my best friends works at. So anyway, but I just I, I, thought I, it was terrible. What a terrible life. And you could just tell she was not well. And this was just disgust. It was well, just disturbing. Real life is horrible. I'm just going to buy the soundtrack and call it a day. Exactly. You know, and there are some remixes on there that, and like they, they have the remix of Higher Love that she did. She recorded it while she was in Japan. You, and you hear little tidbits that you'd forgotten about. She's the only solo artist that has three diamond, a female solo artist that has three diamond albums. I think Shania has two, but then they, they qualify it. She's not black enough. She's not white enough. She's uh, it. It's you. If you have emotion from this movie, it's because you're hearing songs that you love or even liked, and and sometimes in a different context. Like I didn't know about this American Music Awards medley she did of um, "I Have Nothing," "Porgy," and uh, the song from Dreamgirls. I'm telling you, I'm not going. I didn't know that that existed. Now I have it on soundtrack, but I hear it's like one of a show-stopping performance that I was unaware. And so now I am aware of it and I have a copy of it when I got the soundtrack. So I, I think a lot of emotions that this movie stirs are actually from Whitney Houston rather than the filmmakers. Uh-huh. You're well, right. she did. She did deliver the best Star Spangled Banner. And they talk about that. That is a whole major scene. They they to get all those 35 songs in on the soundtrack. They're actually in the movie. So. Were they a slave to the soundtrack? Uh, no, because they they do mix things up. Well, I mean, it's inherently her, part of the story for sure. You know, yes. Who she is. And like and you she never wrote any of her songs. And so you heard. You see her with Clive Davis in his office, just listening to, uh, you know, raw tracks and demos of her. How will I know? She's like, I need a dance song. How will I know? Comes up, and then you hear "Saving All My Love for You," and you hear uh, "Greatest Love of All" at in, at her audition for Clive, even though she doesn't know it's an audition. It's the music, and it's yeah. not necessarily the story because this is. I don't. As as James said, I don't know how much of the real Whitney you're getting in this, because they, I think you're right, Chris. Slave to the soundtrack might be a good way to describe this movie. Lynn, let's head to Shrekland. Puss in Boots: The Last Wish. I found it very entertaining, and I liked Antonio Banderas as this as the voiceover of Puss in Boots. Was, he, was he introduced in the third one or the second one? I think it was the second one. I okay. think it was the second. And it, traditionally, it's pronounced Banderas. Banderas. Okay. Gotta, <laughs> yeah. gotta drag it out or it's not the same. Banderas. <laughs> but he's he's just a charmer as Puss in Boots. And, and it's really, um, it has a lot of good voiceovers. The Last Wish, it... Uh, takes the fairy tale world just like shrek did with pinocchio and Gingy and and all that um but now we have john mulaney as little jack horner oh, that's cute and he's a corpulent sob 
and terrorizing other cartoon characters. And does this does this play take place? Because like the original Puss in Boots was a prequel to him meeting Shrek. Where does this take place in the Shrek franchise? Does do they say? No, not really. It's it's, the Shrekiverse. It's his it's his own it's his own thing. And then we have Florence Pugh as Goldilocks. Okay. Do we have a Shrek cameo? Uh no. Okay. That would have cost, cost too much. Yeah, right. I think it's just it's its own thing. Okay. And it's got um there's some really good voices. I saw it a couple of weeks ago, so now I'm blanking on who were some of the major characters, but uh Florence it's, Pugh? Uh, uh, well, Florence, she's uh, and, and she keeps she's the British Goldilocks. The um, I'm gonna check here on who the bears are, but they're all named Olivia Coleman, Ray Winstone, and Samson Ko. That's right. I knew I knew there was a big Oscar winner in there, and across- uh, Selma Hayek comes back. Wow! Yes. across across all the films. What a stellar, stellar voice cast. Like a lot of anime movies have, you know, a nice roster of names, but, and they've all just turned in just the most fun performances. They must, this must have been the most fun thing to do. They're all like Banderas is just came out of nowhere. You know, the first Puss in Boots thing, just you, you didn't expect it from him. And everyone right. else is just having so much fun. And you're right. It, the, he was, he was introduced in the second one. Yeah, well, I enjoyed it much more than I thought it was. And it's zippy. It just moves along. Oh, Divine Joy Randolph, who I like. She's the cat lady. She's the woman with all the cats. And then um, Shakedown by uh, Little Jack Horner. And uh, yeah, so we have like mob-like characters. He like runs a mob. Little Jack Horner does. So it's very interesting. It's not what you think at all. And it, it's real zippy. And uh, DreamWorks did it. I, um, yeah. So you, it's you all like, about You liked it well lives. enough? Yeah. I saw I saw the trailer. I There were just so many movies to watch last week. I And Puss in Boots wasn't nominated for anything. So I, did, I, for, I thought it came out in January. I didn't know it was coming out Christmas week. Yeah, I watched it uh, because I did want to see if it was worth voting for our awards, which we'll talk about. But uh, in the end, it might be my sixth. Uh, but I oh, like animated. Uh, yeah, I liked my five. Uh, Chris, have you seen Marcel the Shell with shoes on? I have not. <gasps> it won our best animated. It beat. I saw that. I saw your list. Um, it, it beat Pinocchio by wow, one I vote. It's really something I've just heard. It's just ultra charming. So charming, so full of joy. I'm telling everybody, if you need something joyful this holiday season, watch it. Uh, Jenny Slate should win the Annie for voiceover. She's so fun. I love her. Oh, and and this was and Isabella Rossellini is her Isabella. grandma Connie. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see her her series of um, <clears throat> about the the uh, sex lives of animals? No, he's up in these. Do you know what I'm talking about? I can't remember what it's yeah, called. It's he's HBO. dressed up in costumes and talks about you know the reproductive processes of eels and you know just different. But she dresses in these elaborate costumes as them and describes the process. And only her, you know, unusual accent, you know, and her her 
beauty. Yeah, wait a minute. I did see one of those. I yeah. think I, I there's a whole yes. bunch of them. There's like a dozen of them in there. Great. Anyway, Don Sequitur. No, but um, Isabella I, Rossellini, uh, just she's speaking very matter of fact about animals having sex. Yes. It's really good. All, I do. Re- I, I remember seeing it now. Well, the, the, yeah, week, the week between our nominations and our award voting, this is the time that we are supposed to watch the films we haven't seen so that we can make an informed decision. Or at least four of the five. Four of the five. Yeah. Well, uh, it, technically it's three of the five, but Jim Tudor would like us, our president, would like us to do four of the five. I made sure I saw five in most of the categories, especially best film, because I watched She Said That Morning, because as Max said, I have to eat my vegetables. Yes. Wow. Well, that's one of my faves. So I was I know, fine. But because you're a journalist. Yeah, I know. I know. But it's still a very important story. It is a, it is a very important story. And then and then the movie comes out and he gets uh, found guilty three more times. But he yeah. got he won. He did not get he they, got they, off they, on one. Uh, there were I think there were several. Uh, one was just disqualified. Right. I think two or three were not accepted. And then three were I think there were yes. seven charges total. So but still, but, those three are going to add up to. Yeah, you know, he's already got he's already in prison. Yeah. So keep him there longer. So he'll be disgraced. Yeah, well, that's that's another uh, fine example of why we need journalism in the world. And so I, I'm a big fan. Now, uh, I was happy but surprised at how well Women Talking did because we only have our 20 members. We have six women and 14 guys. We can appreciate good filmmaking, Lynn. What are you saying? So I know. Well, I was really happy with that because I saw it at the St. Louis International Film Festival. And it was very powerful and it was very moving and you could have heard a pin drop. And I realized uh, while I uh, think this movie is one of the best of the year, not everybody might share that opinion because it is quiet. It is bleached out in a way. It's very natural. And to find out that you can't tell who some of the characters are. Right. To see, to find out that that really happened in Bolivia and then the book takes place in Canada. But and but the amazing thing about the Bolivian story is that there were 150 women and 130 of them spoke at the trial. And those guys all went to prison. As they should have. Yes. Uh, now, Sarah Pauly, uh, I have been a fan of hers uh, since she did the uh, early movies with uh, Julie Christie. And uh, also, and then the stories we tell. Well, she won best director for women talking. Our third, the third year we have, uh, we have singled out a woman for that award. Uh, Chloe Zhao in uh, for Nomadland in 2020. Uh, last year was Jane Campion for Power of the Dog, and this year Sarah Polly. So I'm really proud of that. But our overall winner for best film was a movie I championed and forced people to watch. And then that changed their minds. Lynn, how, how many weeks did I tell you to watch everything everywhere all at once? 
I know, but I had to be in the right frame of mind. And I do like it very much. It's very different. It's very groundbreaking. It's like nothing you've ever seen. Uh, the character work, I really like. I really like Michelle Yeoh. And uh, who won Best Actress for us? Right. And Key Way, uh, how do you please help me with his name? Short round. Short round. Keyway Kwan. Keyway Good, because we're going to need won. That. He won he, Best Supporting Actor. As he should. He's what so a delight good. to see him. He, he <laughs> stole the show, which was hard to do in this yes. film. And correct me if I'm wrong, it's my understanding that the part of Michelle Yeoh was written for Jackie Chan. Oh, wow. Interesting. I, don't, I, I believe at the very least, if Chan is wrong, it was written for a man. Okay. Because she was in a conversation uh, with Kate Blanchett because that role was originally written for a man. So Tar? they were having this. Yes, Tar. So they're having a conversation about taking over these roles and just knocking them out of the park uh, by changing, which, you know, changed the trajectory of the storytelling, uh, you know, to some degree. Uh, but what fun. Um, I sent mm -hmm. Michelle Yeoh an Instagram message before Sliff um, because we were going to show Crouching Tiger. Uh, I guess she was a little busy. She didn't answer. <laughs> but I really, really like her. Uh, I like what a fun, that. Uh, what a fun romp. What a fun Oh, romp. yeah. Uh, when when an older woman in, in the Alliance uh, of Women Film Journalists, we had to have our nominations in last week. And we have separate women categories. And one of them is defying ageism. Mm -hmm. And Jamie Lee. What a oh treat. yeah! Oh, what a treat! And you know, thank God she's been you know Laurie Strode all these years in the the thousandth Halloween movie. But what a what a left turn! And she just sucked herself into that hot dog fingers. Yeah, that, oh, those uh, the, that grotesque a uh, turtleneck and the 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 polyester pants and yeah, uh, she just kind of disappeared into that role. And then at the end, when they're sitting there smoking the pipe, uh, you know, just everything about it i loved it it was fun i've never heard of these guys the daniels uh kwan and schweig uh, schweiger schweig the daniels that's why they the go daniels. by the daniels that's why they're called the daniels but uh they are very interesting dudes from that i also was really happy to see that some of the more unusual movies that uh, we uh like comedy now I know Carl, and I haven't seen work. That's of all the movies on our list. That is the one I haven't seen yet. Which one? After I know. Which one? Um, weird. What? You didn't I watch know. the movie that won best comedy? Well, uh, that's the only one because I sat through uh, back to back Pearl and X. I'm glad I watched Pearl first. You watched them backwards. I know, but I'm glad. Because okay. it made a lot of sense. And I really like this. Ty West, have you seen these movies, uh, Chris? No, I know what you're talking about. Oh. You Stylized have horror. He's got a really good uh, good uh, view. He's got a good way of doing things because he inserts humor. But it's just enough. But it's so freaking creepy. And I, uh, I just was like, you're mesmerized. You're mesmerized by Mia Goth as this. Uh, well, first of all, as two ex, two characters. Yeah, she's a she's a. They're shooting pornos, and Jenny Ortega's in it. Yep, yep. Oh, I love Wednesday. 
Love, love, love Wednesday. We've watched um, it twice. In January, when I'm all done with this movie stuff, I am watching Wednesday. I am watching, uh, uh, what else? Everybody's telling me all these shows. I'm just going to watch them. Oh, Abbott Elementary. Oh, it's so oh, what? good. You so haven't cute. watched it? Okay, well, first when? of all, the first season's short, and there are only 10 episodes so far in the first half of the second season. So you can catch up. Well, yeah, but then I would not have any sleep whatsoever. Okay. Because, <laughs> you know, I do cover theater in town, and we've had quite the schedule this year. Well, we let's let's mention some of the other. Uh, a movie that comes out today on on streaming is uh, the whale and brendan fraser won our best actor i won vote over austin butler uh i would have gone the other way um and then well um, you max and i did vote for austin butler I'm carrie condon carrie condon won for banshees best supporting actress and then oh, isn't she fabulous in that chris carrie yes. condon yes she's 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 the only redeeming character in that entire film when she just yells at him you're all mental <laughs> i spoke oh. to someone who just despised despised that movie i i can understand why because there are certain aspects about that film that are very uncomfortable yeah you know hence the point but the writing was just so profoundly good and those two Again, so it's not the same in Bruges characters, of course, but those two just right. go off of each other like the best possible marriage. It's it's it's, it's a delight to see them. Yeah, and she just stole the show from those two guys in every scene and just lit up the screen. Uh, wonderful, wonderful. And yep. then uh, when uh, when uh, when Colin Farrell has that hangdog look and he's looking in the window, just the look of. Uh, just dejectedness that Colin Farrell has. <laughs> and then he his relationship with the donkey. Ouch. Oh, so Ouch, donkey. Oh, it's so cute. And then uh, you do have to look at the... I'm glad they show the calendar because you're like, where what year is this? <laughs> what yeah. Year yeah, is this? I would have liked to have known that a little earlier in time. I think I was kind of misplaced. It didn't matter. Uh, it could have right. been at any time. Yeah, because so, you're thinking this is remote. These people are like yeah. Amish, you know. Well, it also won Best Cinematography. It also uh, tied with Everything Everywhere All at Once for Best Original Screenplay. Best Adapted Screenplay went to She Said, Lynn. You championed that. Uh, Women Talking had Best Ensemble. As it should, uh, the, the minute I saw that movie, I was like, it's going to win all the Ensemble Awards. At the Spirit Awards, it's gonna it's getting the Robert Altman award uh, women talking also won best musical score and then oh, Elvis, Hild yeah Hild Hilda daughter oh you said that beautifully well i have i have relatives from iceland so i know how does it's it means daughter <laughs> oh she's a genius that mm -hmm. woman don't you think chris her scores yes 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 we Elvis won a whole bunch of production, uh, production design, costume design, best soundtrack. Uh, we already talked about best comedy, which Lynn has not seen. Weird, the Al Yankovic story. But I best did vote for the massive weight of unbear uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent. Have you seen that, Chris? The Nicolas Cage movie. Yeah. Uh, so best fun. action film was Top Gun. 
Best animated film, we talk about Marshall. Best international feature was a surprise. A lot of people were pulling for RRR, but decision to leave one. Which is most excellent. I love film noir, and I love these Korean directors, their vision. Uh, oh, Korean cinema is where it's at. Well, they're talking about doing a sequel to RRR already. Yes. I'm going to watch it. I have not seen it yet. I'm going to watch it this afternoon. Oh, mind-blowing. Wait, I the love first, Hollywood. Yeah. Oh, my it's goodness. Tollywood. Make sure you say it right, Chris. Because Those two guys. Tollywood. Oh, those two guys and the music video, not to, not to, but those two guys are just, the bromance is not so. Not to, not to is going to be the name of the sequel. Oh. But they're well, going to have a two in it. Well, I think uh, this award season, some of the some of the highlights, some of the big or is being introduced to RRR because I would have never watched that had I not. Now, was it in your Netflix? Watch this. No, I had a, I had a search. I had to do okay. RRR and well, the search. The best scene was uh, the Fableman scene, which you don't want to say too much about. But Lynn, you've been championing our best documentary because of the subject matter, all the beauty and all the bloodshed. I'm yes. Sorry, all the beauty and, and the bloodshed. And it's still not in St. Louis. I asked Neon when it's going to start because it has it started in major cities. And it is it, this film is not for everybody, but it's the life of Neon Golden, who's a photographer and an artist. And she became addicted to Oxycontin after surgery. And uh, she photographed in New York, being part of the art scene, a lot of the the AIDS crisis and uh, different parts of uh, New York life. And uh, after she uh, had this addiction, she became an activist. She has a group called Pain. And they go around the country. They want to alert people to the evil Sacklers, Big Pharma, and what they've done. And so she staged a protest at the Metropolitan Museum of Art where all these people came and threw pill bottles in the fountain and was shouting 100,000 dead. And she just wants to draw attention to how much money, hence all the beauty, in the art museums in this world that were financed by those evil drug lords, the Sacklers. And they're ill. Doesn't, doesn't make it to town. I know a guy. <laughs> Chris knows a guy. Yeah, well, I really hope so because I'm gonna get more vocal about it as it as it comes out. But it's directed by Laura Laura Poitras, who did Citizen Four. Well, so, we're we're out of town, Lynn. Yeah. Did you want to mention something quickly about theater this week in St. Louis? Is there well, theater this week? Well, uh, the Westport uh, Jennifer Thebe Quinn's one woman show is there till Christmas Eve, and that's it. Everybody else is taking off. Close. Oh, Elf is at the Fox because we interviewed Santa last week, and, and then uh, I saw people interviewing Buddy this week as well. Yes, and and so uh, that's about it right now. What do you guys think going on? Everybody's hunkering down for the holidays. Snowmageddon. I got to plan my future. I'm going to be reaching out to distributors and sales agents and, you know. I wish you I guess I very need a cigar. much success. I need a Christmas. cigar to sit there on a phone. Hey, hey. hey this, hey. Is, this is DC from St. Louis. Yeah. But, 
No, we're Brian and I are very excited. Three, two. I have to watch the the movie about the donkey going through Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, e that's coming to the Webster film series for two weekends. That's right, because oh. Pete uh, emailed me to tell everybody that. So, so yes. thanks, Chris, for reminding Lynn what she was yes. supposed to do already. Well, it's it's mid January. That's what I'm here well, for, right? We have to what we have to do, Carl and I, besides celebrate the holidays as best we can, is to uh, do our top ten lists. Oh, so, yeah. do you do that, Chris? Do you is that one of the thing that you do every year? Are you are you too that shows bias? Father, yeah, I don't want to show favorites. No, um, no, maybe I should. You know, we'll have a different kind of profile, you know, going forward. Uh, but I've never bothered before. I let I leave it to people smarter than me. The it's ten, the ten, the ten next year, his ten films will be the ones that were booked. You know what? I'm a showman. Of course, they're going to be seen through me, Carl. Well done. Yes, I appreciate that, um, and I wish you much success with this new endeavor. Thank you. I will be. I will be a ardent supporter. Um, one little brief commercial. If you like Abbott Elementary, have you ever seen Black Lady Sketch Show? Quince no. is in that show. He's. There's a couple of seasons. It is the most, the funniest ensemble thing I've seen in a very long time. Robin. Oh, Thien, good. Robin not in every season, but it is there. But, uh, watch it. But if you, okay. If you like, laugh. if you like Quinta as Janine, you see a different side of Quinta. Oh Bronson my gosh. Yes. In, in black yes. lady sketch show. It's, it's, yes. It's very eye-opening once you once you see yeah. her as Janine and you think, oh, well, that's her. No, she's a good actress. And I'll leave you this factoid. My new boss and your cousin-in-law, yes. her favorite movie genre is Christmas horror. Did she like Violent Night? Because it seems it. I was the only she one that it. did. Yes. She loved it. Good. So um, that, I don't know what that says, but I'm not... The only dark one on staff, so that makes me feel a little better. And hey, I got to go too. All right. Yeah. Well, it was a pleasure to talk to you. It was you fun. Today. It was fun. I'm glad I could be the the add on at the last second. But yes, but. and uh, well, as soon as I saw that news last week, I was like, oh, we have to because I did yeah. sit on it too. Yeah, we all we all forgot. Nobody answered you, so <laughs> I know it was okay. Well, you, you guys were busy. You guys were busy. We were but, a little busy. Um, Keeping um, our secrets. I just eleven months say, secret. I kept the secret. Yep. Other, yes, a lot of people every, had secret. A lot of people had a secret over time. So I know, but I just you know, so everyone's yeah, know. proud of Lynn <clears throat> for keeping her mouth shut for so long. Well, people don't realize, but I've kept my mouth shut quite a bit. But I do. I have a role as like the town crier, as a media person. But I respect when somebody says, "Keep it off quiet. the record or keep it quiet till then." You then can find out Chris. It. You you can find out Chris Clark's doing at cinemastlewis.org and find out everything that's going on and future endeavors as well. At the high point, Lynn, where can we find you? I am on all the socials. I am in uh, Webster Kirkwood Times. I am also on KTRS, but I will be moving from the Ray Hartman St. Louis in the know because Ray's last show is December 28th, which is when I will present my top 10 list. And um, I will be moving to the Jennifer Blome and Wendy Weiss morning Mid show. Mornings, yes. Fun, fun, fun. So that'll be fun. And then I have my own website, poplifestl.com. How about that? 
You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Carl the intern, and I will be doing hockey three games next week. But if it is not snowed out, I will be at the Bragan rights, Missouri, Illinois game on Thursday night. And on the radio seven days a week, it's real easy to find me. Oh, people are worried about that game. Mm. I know. Enter- Enterprise Center has said it is going to continue. Well, until you, of course they decide otherwise. If you have nothing to do uh, but celebrate Festivus on Friday and wish me a happy birthday, yeah, happy uh, birthday. You can that. see Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery oh, on well, fun. Yes, uh, on Netflix. Netflix, and that is one of the most entertaining films I've seen in a very long time. Very great ensemble, and it is very, it's a fun watch. Oh, yeah. It's just so much. Or a Ryan Johnson whodunit. (laughs) And the the name dropping is so much fun, Chris. You will love the name dropping. It's so good, and it's just so clever. Now, uh, I'm going to go get my heater fixed in my car. Oh, wow. Or (laughs) Or don't go anywhere. How's that? I have to drive to the airport tomorrow morning. That should oh. be fun. Yeah. I'm going to watch a Bollywood epic. Yes. And tell us what you think of it. I'm already excited about it. Happy holidays. Yes. Happy Very holidays. Merry, happy, happy. And uh, may, may your days be merry and bright. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.